DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by Pope St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, and sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. So what's on your heart today, Monsignor? I think I'd like to start off and talk about how Jesus has such a compassion and a love for those who are sick. One of the most dreaded diseases in gospel time. It was so dreaded in that there was extraordinary measures taken by the law of Moses. And it was given to the Levites, to the priests, to care for those who had leprosy. The leprosy was a communicable disease. The leper was isolated and made to be outside of the camp. As soon as a person was discovered to have leprosy, they were immediately extricated. And so the, the suffering and the agony and anguish that a leper would have, who was declared to be leprous, and put outside of the community. In fact, they had to ring a bell. Unclean, unclean, they had to call. And the only companions they could have were fellow lepers. And many of them just didn't want to be together. It wasn't that they were a community. They could have just hated each other. That's why there was such a, a terrible disease, a disease that put you away from your family, and from society. In Mark's gospel, in the first chapter, Jesus meets in the 40th verse, a leper. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand. This is something that was tremendously unusual for a rabbi to touch a leper. Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you Tell this to no one, but go show yourself to the priest. This is what he had to do in order to be admitted again to the ordinary society. Offer to him for your cleansing what Moses prescribed that will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter, and it spread 
that report about such a great miracle so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places and people kept coming to him from everywhere. Jesus loved the sick. Jesus is a healer of the sick. The church is to carry on this healing. St. James says in his epistle, the apostles carried on this same thing and they carried it on through the church. And so St. James writes, if anyone is sick among you, to call the presbyter, to call the priest of the church, and to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. From the beginning, the sacrament was the anointing of the sick. The mode proprio of Paul VI had been put into effect in 1966, but it still is not normal and normative that every parish have healing masses for the sick. John Paul declared this 25 years ago and more in 1992, that this sacrament should be for the sick. I really can't see why every parish doesn't have the healing of the sick as normative. How much more important it is that we in the church offer this sacrament for the sick and the suffering. When I saw this bishop calling his priests and calling the people, praying over them and anointing them with oil, it's the laying on of hands this celebration, there's a litany that was prayed at the Mass of the Sick, and this sacrament can be offered every week or every month in a parish. Fathers, how important it is to offer this for the people who are suffering. Pope Benedict is a suffering person. He resigned on February the 11th, 2013, for ill health. How important it is that our elderly receive the sacrament. Not every person who is old is sick, but the ailments that can come with aging. Our nursing homes are filled with the elderly. And so, the body begins to break down. And just because a person can even be 70 or 75 or 80, the kinds of diseases that can be so, so difficult for them, the arthritic pains that they bear and the chronic diseases that overtake us, let us pray to God. The litany of the anointing says, for our brothers and sisters, and for all those that have devoted themselves to caring for the sick. Bless them, fill them with new hope and strength. Lord, hear our prayer.
from free them from sin and do not let them give way to temptation. Lord, hear our prayer. Sustain all those who are sick with your power. Lord, we pray today. Assist all who care for the sick. Lord, we pray. Give life and hope to those of our brothers and sisters on whom we lay our hands in your name. This is the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. The priest lays his hands on the sick and the suffering. The anointing, which used to be on the eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, the hands and the feet, is now reduced to three anointings. It's the anointing of oil on the forehead in the form of a cross and the anointing on the hands, the touching of the sick. That is the sacrament, the laying on of hands and the anointing with oil and the prayer that accompanies it as the priest is anointing the sick. Through this holy anointing, May the Lord, in his love and mercy, help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who frees you from sin, save you and raise you up. To these, the sick person answers, Amen. That is the contact that Jesus has today. Just as he touched the leper, he touches the sick. Through It's the same Jesus with the same power who drove out the leprosy. And if you have whatever disease or illness you have, whether it be diabetes, heart trouble, cancer, whatever your disease is, and you believe what is required in this sacrament is faith. The leper had faith in Jesus. He demanded faith from those that he was going to heal. Do you believe that I can do this? Do you have the trust and confidence that I will do this for you? It's the same Jesus today in the sacrament, just as the sacrament of the Eucharist is Jesus in his body and his blood on the altar. It's Jesus in the sacrament. We encounter him. What do we need? That tremendous cry. If you are suffering in your body, it's that same Jesus that knows your cry. The cries you give out at night when you're sick and suffering in a nursing home. The cries that you give out at night in your pain, not only in your physical pain, but this sacrament is meant and was announced by Paul VI for mental illness. Schizophrenia is a terrible suffering. Bipolar is a terrible suffering. Depression is a terrible suffering. How many people are on such medications? 
and are in deep anguish. Addictions are a terrible suffering. The crying out of the addict in withdrawal. He is with you. Jesus wants to reach out to all illnesses, to all the suffering humanity. And Jesus who is within you, and Jesus who is coming to you in this sacrament, wants to reach out. And the same as he did with this leper. Why don't we have more healings? Because first of all, we don't expect them. We have lost such faith in our time. Both the one who is administering it, or we would have it more frequently. Is this the power? It has been declared so. Thousands and thousands of suffering people in our parishes are going to doctors, and especially the poor all over the world. I suffered a diverticulitis. I really ran to the priest that was near me. Could you anoint me? Because this pain is so awful. I didn't know what it was. And so when they diagnosed me in the hospital, this is diverticulitis. This is what this pain is. And when you suffer, when you have anguish, when you have pain in your eyes, when you have pain in your body, when you have heart trouble, when you have those diseases that make you suffer great pain and anguish through the night and through the day, when you have a broken limb, when you are broken and suffering and in pain, when you need an operation and you're in recovery, all the kinds of suffering that you have, this is the sacrament that God has given us. And he is such a healing power. And he wants to come to us to relieve us of our ill. The cries that go up before the Lord, the anguish, are being heard. And thank God that they're being heard by the church again. But especially the one who is so attuned to the cries of anguish in the body of Christ is Mary. Long before the church changed, back to having this sacrament renewed, Mary had revelation that took place at Lourdes, took place long before Vatican II. It happened when Our Lady appeared in 1858, almost a hundred years later, in 1960, did Vatican II renew this sacrament. Until then, it was extreme unction. In the ninth apparition, there was water that appeared from a spring. And that water is, had such miraculous powers. Our Lady loving the sick. Our Lady loving her son. Encouraged to have on the 13th apparition to have processions of the Blessed Sacrament. She wanted a point to, not to herself, 
but to her son. It is Jesus. I want you to look to Jesus. The greatest miracles that take place at Lourdes are those not to take place from the water. They're the ones that take place during the procession of the Blessed Sacrament. That cry that goes up to Mary goes right back to Jesus because Mary's always pointing the way to Jesus. And Mary is pointing the way to Jesus. Jesus is the healer. And we who are the church want to point again the way. Who is the one who has come from the Father to us to heal us of all our ills? To heal us not only of our sin. The sacrament of reconciliation is so important. But the sacrament of the sick. The sacrament of those who are suffering physical, emotional, and spiritual pain. The humble maid of Nazareth is always pointing to the sacred heart of Jesus. We who are in the church, we are also meant to be like Mary, those who are constantly pointing our way to Jesus. And beloved brothers, in the priesthood. Do you know who you are? You are the ones who have the power given by God to administer this sacrament. You are the ones that James talks about, that the presbyters in the church, and we are the ones who are and have the power to make this sacrament more available to the sick and the suffering, and the poor, and who have such pain and suffering, and to make this sacrament more available and normative, not just once in a while or just one day a year, but often, often to include it in our ordinary, everyday activity. Carry your oils with you in your pocket. And I really believe it's so important to use this sacrament. Can you do this? Can you make this sacrament, this available? The sick are all around us. The suffering are all over your parish, all over the world, and in so many places. Fathers, how available are you to your sick and suffering poor? Cure, we beseech you, O Lord, the ailments of the sick. Heal their wounds. Drive out from them all pain of mind and body that having been healed inwardly and outwardly, they may glorify you who are in heaven. I'm not trying to be skeptical, but there are those people out there who may have been prayed over by a priest of great faith that there are those with cancer who, after being prayed over, will find they still have cancer. What would you say to those people who, with all faith, approach the sacrament, as you have, have described, and did not experience that? Healing always takes place. 
so that no matter what it appears like to anyone else, whatever has gone on, maybe it's an interior healing, maybe there are maybe there are healings that are far deeper than that which shows itself in the healing of my diabetes or the healing of the, the lesion on my, my body. But there's something in me always that gets healed. When I come to Jesus with faith and the power that comes from him into me is that which is always healing. The exchange between the healer and the one who petitions is always, always answered. Every prayer that is offered in faith is heard and answered in whatever way that is. So maybe whatever God is saying to that person, that what you're asking for may not be what I give you, but I will always give you even more than what you ask for. These exchanges are so important. We do what our Lord says we should do, especially as the administrator of the sacrament. But he will always do what he is going to do. And no encounter is ever left without healing. Is it possible, Monsignor, that our prayer is maybe a little limited if we ask just for a specific thing? And that's what I'm hearing you say, that, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who comes forward and I want a healing from a broken foot, or I want a healing from, as you said, diabetes. And God has something more he wants to heal. But because my prayer is, I'm telling him what to do, as opposed to allowing him to minister me as the divine physician what he really sees, which is a greater need in me. I mean, sometimes he'll allow us to continue. I mean, even your diverticulitis, you, you had mentioned that in your talk that you had a priest pray for you, but yet you had to go to the hospital and you had to have the surgery and you had to, it didn't take it away, but it must have affected you in another way. Yes. And the, the deeper blessing that I received, when I come to him who is going to be generous with me far beyond what I could imagine, I always think of myself as being before the Lord who has so much more to give me than I could ever imagine or ask for. And I always think of us as coming before him with a, with a teaspoon. And, and it's like he's Niagara Falls. And I always think there's so much more he wants to give us than we have a capacity even to receive. Now, Monsignor, you were referring to the sacrament of the sick. It's the sacrament, and it can only be administered by the priest. It can't be given by a deacon, and that's why I appeal to the priest. You fathers, you priests, and you bishops, you're the only ones that can administer. So I really feel that what we've done with this is we have to open it up more so that have, have, have people have more access to this sacrament, because if you're the administrator of it, then you can't designate it to lay people and you can't give it to others to do. It's something you do. And so I think there are many things that, like sacramentals, that can be offered by 
the deacon or by the lay people, but not this. This is a sacrament. And it is one of the seven sacraments, and it is given to the priest to administer. It's really interesting, especially with regard to our, uh, it's, it's in Leviticus that it was something given uh, with regard to the, the Levites, and it was given to Aaron. And Jesus, when he tells it, the one who has received the healing, the leper, to go to the priest and show him. Now, this is also when St. James talks about it and when it is in the church, it, it's given to the presbyter or the priest or the bishop to administer. And just to be clear for folks, I mean, there's nothing wrong with praying with somebody and asking God to help them in their needs. There's, there is nothing wrong with praying with folks. And it has been recognized by the church that there are those individuals, either religious or lay folk, who have received an extraordinary grace. Some have called it the charismatic gift for healing. But they must submit that particular charism to the authority of their bishop and are only able to minister that under his authority because the church wishes to protect the faithful and to be able to witness to God's greater glory in those moments. But for the ordinary laying on of hands, and because of the great prayer that and grace that was given at ordination and even anointing of hands by the church, there's a significance to that then, that this is a, a role of the priesthood. Yesterday, I was with a person. I prayed for him and actually heard his confession. And then he very spontaneously jumped up and he laid his hands on me. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I, I asked God, well, just protect me from anything. What, what he was doing was shooting blanks. And I don't know. We can pray for one another. That person has a great right and a power to lay hands on his children. You can lay hands on your sons and your daughters and your children and even on your grandchildren because there's an authority there. But to go and lay hands on other people, you're, you're really, there's no authority there for that. Final thought, Monsignor? There is no one, there is no one who comes to Jesus with faith that that prayer isn't answered. Every prayer of faith is heard and answered by him. There is between the one who is anointed and Jesus an exchange, and it's always healing. I have no idea what that might be, but I know from the inner story of those who come and ask with faith and those who receive in faith that every time there's in that exchange, there's healing. God bless. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. 
or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer rock-solid and authentic spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef.